You are listening to Go Doc Yourself, your weekly documentary book club. Listen in while we two errands dissect our most recent documentary find. Sometimes weird, sometimes mainstream, but always entertaining. Grab a cup of coffee and let's clutch. Hi, I am Erin McCart and this is Go Doc Yourself. And I'm Erin McCourt, and welcome back as we talk about tabloid. This one, this was weird. Okay, not like Penis Museum weird, but it was just <laughs> one of those stories that I'm like, how have I never heard of this? That's kind of how I felt too. And now, to be fair, this happened in the 70s when we were not really around and or cognizant of mm-hmm. news and tabloid stories, but Jesus. How amazing. Right? I was talking yeah. to my mom about it and mm-hmm. she had never heard of it either. So I feel like I feel like this one just flew under the radar for us. Yeah, I mean, I guess it could be that since it happened in Merry Old England and I mean obviously those tabloids over there really love a good sensational story, but surely it reached our shores, right? It was published a place or two over here, but mm-hmm. yeah, old Joyce, my my. Right? I really enjoyed her interviews because she's very, very engaging. Mm -hmm. And the accent, she's just charming as fuck. And I just, I really liked her. And then you kind of get the sense that she's sort of full of shit. So yeah, barking mad was a phrase used that I I quite liked. And they said, I did too. They said we could keep it. (laughs) So again, this is tabloid. So I found it on Sundance or AMC Plus. Um, You Mm -hmm. can rent it other places. That's what I did. Yep. Well worth my $4. Right. (laughs) It was done in 2010. It's an hour and 27 minutes long and directed by Errol Morris. I will say I love the name Errol because I had a tour guide in Turkey named Errol. And that's all I think of every time I hear it now. I think of Errol Flynn, which is not timely at all. No, but that's how he referred to it when he was telling us what his name was. And Megan couldn't quite understand it. And he said, you know, like Errol Flynn. (laughs) So still a good (laughs) reference. Nobody under, I don't know, 40 would know what that is. I mean, Errol Flynn was a very old-timey movie star, wouldn't you say? I think I mean, he died even before we were born. Right? I mean, I was thinking, like, he was in the 40s, right? Like, 40s, 50s? Right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Swashbuckling, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, this documentary is about a woman named Joyce McKinney. Now, it opens up with Joyce reading... Her personal fairy tale. I I don't know. I I have no words. It's a, it's called a very special love story, which is a fucking awful title. Listen, it, it just lets you know before you open the book what's going to happen, right? <laughs> it was not published, by the way. I did look to see if it ever got published. No, nice. It, okay. Well, she's no. only been working on it for five fifty years. years or whatever. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's just the most simple language it's like it was written by a middle schooler Mm -hmm. right she's like this is about a story about a beautiful princess who met her prince and fell in love and that's essentially what it is well and then she's like with beautiful golden hair and eyes as brown as the river that ran next to her castle and i was like it's a brown river like that's not good imagery no you know what i mean like on that chocolate maybe something not a right yeah something uh, that invokes a positive feel not just like oh that's a shitty river (laughs) (laughs) that's toxic please don't go near it and then she's kind of walking through the countryside in a white dress it's sort of stevie but they don't she reminded me of stevie yes 
Mm-hmm. And she's a lovely woman. I mean, she's just beautiful. But I'm just like, they never explain where that footage came from. No. I'm like, was this a commercial or was this like her friends doing this? It was really weird. It was. And mind you, 50 years later, this book is still not done. It's like the worst procrastination, procrastination even ever. I think it's done. I mean, it looked like it was done. It looked like a manuscript, right? It was thick. It really did. So I think it was done. She just never got it published because everyone's like, um, thanks, but no. Mm-hmm. Like, get a ghostwriter and then maybe we'll talk. I don't know. Yeah. That's like me trying to write a book. Know your limits, people. Know your limits. I will edit anyone's book, but I will not write my own. Yeah. I mean, it, it sounds easy, right? Like, oh, I'll just throw this on a page. But Mm-mm. to make an engaging story, I think, is probably one of the most difficult things to do. Because I know as a critical reader of things, and I'm like, nope, I'm out. Nope. So. Yes. So Joyce, Joyce is from North Carolina. What amazes me is she didn't live in North Carolina too awfully long, but she still has that accent. 60 years later, ma'am. But I think it really works for her, right? It kind of, I think that's part of her charm. I do, but I think at that point it's somewhat effective, Mm -hmm. right? I wonder if she's a person that can slip in and out of it. So mm -hmm. probably actually, yeah. So she makes the comment that this is her Mm -hmm. words. I started dating very late in life. I didn't start dating until I was like 17. How is that very late in life? I expect her to say like 32 or something. Right. I mean, I guess that's right in that prime time of when you do start dating. You know what I mean? And this is the 70s too. It's, I don't know. She was in classes for gifted Mm -hmm. children. And so when the filmmaker asked, oh, well, what's your IQ? And she said 168. Right. You're not going to come back with like 84. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. But I mean, I think you'll find later on in this that doesn't quite match up with some of the events that she's happened. She's some pretty brilliant moments, though. I will give her that. But um, Oh, she's not unintelligent oh, yeah. by any means. But really what we get from her in this introduction is a lot of idealized thoughts and phrasing. And, you know, she's just the average American kid. She wants to grow up and live with a picket fence and a leave it to beaver house. And she wants to find a husband, which is not necessarily uncommon at this time, but it's just a lot of like wholesome, you know, just everyday American girl kind of imagery that she's putting out there. And like I said, she's a lovely girl. She's very charming. And I think that that's really helped her her whole life. Yes. But I, I do like the fact that I don't know, she's just really, really starts early she seems to be one of these people that's always on did you pick up on that yes yeah yeah so she says things like most of the stuff I've written down are her words and it's amazing to me (laughs) she said I hadn't been out in the world much at all until I went to Utah Utah's where you made it big Utah's where things started happening I don't know if you guys have been to Utah but that's your cultural education right it's a beautiful state oh of course not where the hip and happening go really yes Mm -mm. so Did you get the feeling that maybe her folks were kind of conservative and maybe were comfortable with her going to Utah rather than New York City or whatever, you know? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Well, she didn't really talk about, at least Mm -hmm. I don't remember why she went to Utah. I know she was doing pageants, so she must have traveled a little bit or moved Mm -hmm. around a little bit with her family. Sure. So I don't know why she went to Utah, if it was maybe for school or I don't know. Um, I don't know. She did say a lot about the pageants, which... Wow. I don't know what your opinions on pageants are, but she's like, that allowed me to become the best me I possibly could be. And I was able to perform. And that's the line that they feed you in the brochure. Yep. 
Right. And so to me, I was like, so you were able to, she took a lot of drama classes and stuff like that. So to me, that's perfecting the image that I want to broadcast to people. That's the way I understood that. Right. Now she does mention that she was Miss Wyoming Mm -hmm. at one point, but we didn't talk about why she was. (laughs) Right. I'm not sure if like she was there with her family or what. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, this, these are the least interesting details about her. These are the things that frustrate me. So she says things like, I wasn't looking for just any guy. I wanted a special guy, a really special mm-hmm. guy. I wanted that special guy. Like the rest of us are just trying to get the trash and deal with that. But you will want someone special and that makes you unique. Right. Those kinds of statements just kind of piss me off because you're not unique. Right. Mm-hmm. But sure. Whatever, ma'am. Well, a little bit of narcissism. Right. A lot of bit of narcissism, yeah. But you're right. When you make those kind of statements, though, it really kind of puts out there what you're all about. Mm -hmm. Because I agree with you. Everybody is looking for a great match. They're not looking for like some dirtbag. Right. To treat me like shit. Yeah. Right. And I think that kind of goes along with that she's beautiful. She's considered quite beautiful. Mm -hmm. So in the time of the 70s, right, that was probably one of a woman's biggest selling points. Attributes. Yes. Yes. Well, and clearly that's what she's been fed her whole life. Oh, yeah. She has an absolutely. IQ of 168, but what she is most focused on is the <laughs> fact that she looks a certain way. And that is portrayed by her and by others. And this is what people see because that's what she presents because she knows that's what people want to see. Right. So she really rides that. And I guess good on you, man. If that's what I had to work with, I'd probably do a lot with it too. Maybe not this, but... <laughs> Well, I think too, like, so you're saying if she had a modern day dating profile, she wouldn't be putting a picture of her Mensa application or whatever on there. It would definitely be. Probably not. (laughs) Something else. Yeah. Actually, some of the pictures that were posted are probably pictures that would have been on her dating app. Absolutely. Yeah. And they looked amazing. Fuck yeah, you go girl. Anyway. I mean, yeah. So she was invited when she's in Utah to a Mormon party. I don't know if anyone's surprised by that, but you shouldn't be. Right. Because that's where the Mormons live. Well, they live everywhere, but that's. Right. Where the temple is. It's kind right? of their hub. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's their headquarters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but she's like, it was really nice. These clean cut guys. Mm-hmm. They made me think they were a church. Mm-hmm. They seemed really family oriented. Yeah. They made me think they were a church. Well, it's in the name. So I guess mm-hmm. they are a church. I don't know. I really enjoyed the cartoons. There were clips of cartoons that played throughout this. Oh, and it looks like God. 70s style marketing, right? We need to find this video. <laughs> I have got to see this video. Yes, it is as clearly is something mm-hmm. to do with like educating about the Mormon temple. Right. And there were some details in this that I I was really glad to know because I mean, you, I know some surface level things, but this was interesting to get into some of the mm-hmm. more, the deeper parts of it. But I was like watching these cartoon clips expecting like Johnny Quest to run through. <laughs> I mean, it was just... <laughs> Right. In very early 80s, right? Right. Yeah, I was just that style was really funny. My understanding of the Mormon church comes from the musical The Book of Mormon. Don't think that's entirely <laughs> all-inclusive or accurate, but that's all I got. <laughs> I mean, we go with what we know, right? Right. I love that musical. Mm-hmm. Everyone should see it. So, you know, she's really pulled into this thinking this is a great mm-hmm. environment. She mm-hmm. thinks it's a great idea. And that's really, you know, how they get you sucked in. She's 19 at the time. I believe, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. That's that's all she really says about that. Right. And then she talks about driving around town in her Corvette. Corvette. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I'm guessing they used to cruise down 
because there wasn't stuff for kids to do. Mm-hmm. And even like when we were growing up, there were certain areas that people would just kind of drive real slow back and forth, kind of talk to oh, people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Eyeball everybody. Think of American Graffiti. <laughs> Might not <laughs> yes. be the most topical reference, but <laughs> that's what I'm thinking of, right? Right. Yeah. Not the violent bits. Just the driving around and checking people out <laughs> in the cars and stuff, right? Yes. Yeah. And she notices she's in her Corvette with her friend, her friend that would do anything, by the way. Right. Right. Sleep with bikers. Sure. Good for her. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why she had to say that, but still, whatever. I think it just kind of sets up this whole fantasy of her being pure. Right. Yeah. So she's got some, like a foil, like a contrast, like she didn't do these things herself, but she knew about it because of her friend who was into drugs and crazy sex stuff and whatever. So I'm like, Corvette that they pictured is awesome. It's not very big. So I'm like. Stingray. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I'm picturing her in there with her friend and her giant English sheepdog, Mm -mm. which again, I think is funny because not a lot of people have those dogs. Right. You know what I mean? Like, so here she is again being just kind of a special snowflake. There's a lot of like little things in here like that. And that's not a cheap car, even in the 70s. That is not a cheap car. So where does she get the money? What is she doing? Or does her family have money? They never really talk about that. No, they don't. She's Mm -mm. just living this sweet, sweet life. I don't know. Right. So as she's driving, she sees another young gentleman who also has a Corvette. Mm -hmm. They're kind of looking at each other, checking each other out. Driving side by side. Mm-hmm. Revving the engines. Come on, you know that that's all happening. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. She said, he had the most beautiful blue eyes, the sexiest smile, mm-hmm. and he always had the cleanest skin. I wrote that down. <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? Did he have no acne? I'm like, he's commercial ready. I'm not sure. <laughs> Was he glowing? Fuck. There wasn't a dry patch anywhere. He was all exfoliated. <laughs> right. Oh. The cleanest skin. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Yeah. That was so What bizarre. a thing to call out 100 years later, right? Right. There's um, a gossip columnist. So they, they kind of cut in and out and go back and forth. But mm-hmm. Peter Torrey is a gossip columnist for the Daily Express. Mm-hmm. So he describes Kirk directly after she says these wonderful things about him. He says... Well, he was very big, rather flabby, 300 pounds, six foot three, not athletic right. or attractive looking man, very right. shuffling kind of walk. He's like last person in the world you would think would be the object of this kind of strange sexual passion. Right. Which yes. is so interesting. I don't know why she caught his eye or he caught her eye. Mm-hmm. Right. She's a petite girl, kind of they got the beauty queen vibe mm-hmm. while he is evidently basically like a hunchback of Notre Dame. I don't know. <laughs> Quasimodo, well, yes. Right. You know, like, oh. Well, they show pictures of him and I'm like, ew. Yeah. He, he's not yeah. horrid, right? But you wouldn't look at him walking down the street one way or the other. He's just not impressive. Right. He's unremarkable. Yes. Yeah. To say that he's kind of the object of the level that she ends up going to is, is pretty interesting. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But they, they kind of talk about their Corvettes. Mm -hmm. she says he told me he loved me on the first night i met him Mm -hmm. he asked me to marry him on the second night next thing i know we're naming our kids red flag (laughs) did you hear that when she was talking about their kids well they're going to be j's and k's and so she's going through some j's and k's names and then she goes kirk and i'm like that just feels made up (laughs) you would just be kirk jr right oh so so many red flags this is not healthy 
for anyone, even at 19 years old, when everything is just so much more dense, it's not healthy. Yes. Mm-hmm. So she's saying that he's got a bunch of stuff at her house. They go and meet his mom. Mm-hmm. His mom is not a fan. Evidently, she's not quite the breeding stock the mom had hoped for. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. She doesn't look Mormon. Right. Yeah. Because she's not, I don't know, large. Overweight and wearing a sack dress, which is how she described the mother. <laughs> like, okay. There's a lot of uh, outdated attitudes going on in this. Yeah. She makes a lot of comments like that. And on one mm-hmm. hand, I'm like, okay, your whole life you've been treated a specific mm-hmm. way because of the way you look. And you mm-hmm. might have wanted to have been treated like the intelligent person you supposedly are. However, you are sure. now putting that same stigma on other women and saying your looks are the only thing that matter. And she's several times throughout this makes comments like that. Agreed. Yeah, it's it's funny, like she'll twist it around when it suits mm-hmm. her favor, but the rest of the time it, you know, she'll revert right back into the typical blah that you hear mm-hmm. the same thing. Yeah. So yeah, clearly his mom wants no part of it, but they're supposedly engaged. This is per Joyce. Mm-hmm. Kirk refused to be interviewed for this, and I don't really blame him, but mm-hmm. right, they're engaged. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they're planning the wedding. She wanted it in a Christian church. He was getting pushed back from the Mormon church, mm-hmm. and then he vanished. Right. Didn't break up with her. Mm-hmm. Still had stuff at her house. Yeah, so it wasn't a breakup situation. You know, just one day mm-hmm. he wasn't there. And so she says, I did what every American girl would do. I went and looked for him, mm-hmm. but it's not really quite what happened, right? So by looking for him, she she means that she goes and she finds a job to make some money to get a private investigator to go and find him, which I mean, she's successful. Right. The PI finds him in England and he's with the mm-hmm. Mormons and she said the Mormons had him. Right. Now, when you're 19, as a Mormon, you go on mission. That's the rule, mm-hmm. right? So that's what he had done. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's what Troy Williams, Troy Williams, Jesus, I should not drink before these. Troy (laughs) Williams is a former missionary. And that's what he Mm -hmm. said. He said when Kirk turned 19, he wasn't removed from Joyce. It's not like they were, they took him away. He was just fulfilling his religious responsibilities. So. Which you would think that that information would have been readily available. Like she couldn't call his mom and be like, hey. It probably was. right? It's probably something he'd actually told her, I have to go to mission. And she was like, well, I don't want you to. And she just assumed saying, I don't want you to, meant he wouldn't go. Right. Right. And if he felt like he was in a position that he couldn't say anything back to her that would make a difference, then you just do it, I guess. Right. I don't know. Yeah. So Joyce, then once she realizes he's in England, the Mormons have him. She decides she's going to get him back. She's going to save him from the cult that is Mormonism. Yes. And that is her words. She called it a cult, not me. Mm-hmm. So we t- she has this friend, Keith, Keith May, who's called KJ. Mm-hmm. Listen, this poor dude, Keith clearly has a thing for Joyce. Right. Like before, during, after this whole plan, the remainder mm-hmm. of his life, I'm guessing, had this thing for Joyce. And she seems like the type of person that probably strung him along. Like every now and then would throw him a bone, not a literal bone, but you know what I mean? She wasn't boning him, but she would give him enough to make him think that there might be a chance at some point in time. Right. She's leading him on. Mm -hmm. She's stringing him along. You kind of get the feeling from some of the other people that were involved in the rescue mission to go get Kirk 
that this is sort of her MO, right? Like she uses her sexuality, Mm -hmm. she uses her feminine wiles or whatever to kind of ensnare a man if that's what she needs to do Mm -hmm. to, you know, get what she wants. Means to an end. So, yep. Right. So she has Keith, who's her friend. She has a bodybuilder type guy Mm -hmm. and a pilot. I don't understand Mm -hmm. what she needed the pilot for because it's not like he flew them over there. He talks about small jaunts within England, but he was never really needed, so I don't understand the purpose of having a pilot. Anyway. I thought he did fly him over there, but I guess that wasn't explicitly talked about. I didn't think so. Because he flew, he was small planes. He couldn't have flown that far, right? Maybe she didn't understand that at the outset. I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah, they don't, like I said, there's there's not a ton of detail mm-hmm. around why she chose the team that she right. chose other than she could make them do stuff. Right. So she has the pilot, Jackson Shaw. Mm-hmm. He talks about first meeting her. She was wearing a completely see-through blouse with no bra. Yeah. Again, using your whatever you have to get what you need. Mm-hmm. And he was interested in her, obviously. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that there's a red-blooded male that wouldn't be like, boobs. What gives here? <laughs> what are the chances of me hooking up with her? Although I do like the fact that he's very, he's got some decorum about him. He's like, I was interested in asking her out for dinner. And I was like, were you? Were you really? You probably didn't look above her chest the whole time. What color were her eyes, <laughs> Did Jackson? she have eyeballs? We don't know. <laughs> but um, I like the way that he tried to play it off in a, I don't know, professional or whatever way. Mm. But yeah, and then he talks about the newspaper ad that he responded Mm -hmm. to, and this fucking thing, my goodness, that teams needed to go over to England to satisfy some kind of sexual fantasy for this lady. Yeah. I mean, that's how the article read. I mean, the thing that he responded to. So he's like, well, I saw the thing, and I was maybe interested in helping out. I'm like, it was, I mean, I don't know, it was just... I mean, any young man, I think, would be like, and yes. I have a pilot's um, so license. I just thought that was really funny. <laughs> yeah. How soon do we leave? I mean, it was just, yeah. Well, one of the things that I was a little confused about was she said she was 19 in Utah. Mm-hmm. And he was, he being Kirk, was also 19-ish because that's when he went to mission. Jackson mm-hmm. said Joyce was in her late 20s. Was that what she told him? Is that what he assumed? Because I don't think the mission took that long. I don't think she was in L.A. that long. I know she had to go there, and she moved to L.A. She started working. She earned some money and started planning this, but I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure it wasn't that long, right? Well, I would think it would be within a year That's or two, right? Thinking. I'm not sure how long a mission is, but, yeah, the timeline is a little bit unclear. Yeah. Let's say it that way. I'm thinking early 20s. Yeah, I mean, old enough to be out on her own, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I mean, he can't have been on mission, I would think, more than a couple years. Right, because they need you to come back and make more Mormon babies. Right. right? Yeah. 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 And he's just talking about some of the things that they had to do and to get ready. And there was an episode at a nude beach. Why? Why did well, they do that? Well, that's why I'm like, it doesn't make any sense. It's, it's, I mean, I don't doubt that it happened, but I'm like, is this just to ensnare them? I don't know. Like I said, I mean, it's, it's still about like they get to see the goods or the idea of like, we're going to go to a different location. I need you to fly us somewhere for dinner. Mm -hmm. And he's like, maybe it's in an overnight trip, like kind of getting his hopes up. So to me, that's sort of speaking to like, I'm going to keep you on the line, little fish, but I'm not going to, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't know. That's, but yeah, there were a couple stories that while entertaining, I guess, were really weird. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. So then they go to England. 
Mm-hmm. Once again, in England, Gil, who was the bodyguard, is stopped at customs, right? And they ask him questions, and he kind of gets weirded out, but they don't detain him or anything. Right. And then once they get to the hotel room or the B&B or wherever they're staying, mm-hmm. he sees that they have a bunch of surveillance equipment, and now he's totally freaked out, and he decides to go home. Right. Because I think they probably sold it as something very different than what it really was, right? Yes. I mean, basically, the story they end up telling them is that he's been brainwashed, he's in a cult, they need to go rescue him, so that's why they have these recording devices in a whatever, right. you know, I mean, it's it's very 007 spyware, that's probably not true, because their, their gadgets were probably awesome. Let's put in perspective, she's the one paying for all of this, she's paying for everyone to go over there, mm-hmm. flights to England... Could not have been cheap at the time. They're not cheap now for crying out mm-hmm. loud. For everyone to stay there, I'm guessing room and board while they're there, for all the equipment. And so I'm like, okay, she was working three jobs. What in the world? <laughs> and she had to pay to live. Like she had a, an apartment she lived in, she rented. She had to pay for those things too at the same time. Right. They kind of talk a little bit about her finance stuff with one of those other stories when they take the little jaunt to. I don't know, down the coast for dinner. And of course she wouldn't have a credit card or required to have her credit mm-hmm. card to rent a plane, but she wouldn't have one because she's not married and you can't get a fucking credit card in the seventies as a woman, mm-hmm. but she did have some hundreds, right? Envelopes full of hundred dollar bills. Yeah. So, um, they were somewhat assured that she had the, you know, wherewithal to pull this off, but it wasn't typical. Let's say it that way. Mm-hmm. And they do discuss a little bit later how she would yes. have gotten that money. But at the beginning, I'm looking at this like, Bitch, what are you doing? I need to work like that, man. (laughs) Once Jackson realized that Kirk was not being held against his will by a cult, Mm -hmm. because they kind of come clean and tell him about the Mormon church and that. And he was told about the chloroform they were going to use and the fake gun they were going to use to get him out. Jackson was like, and I'm out. And he poked out and went back home. Right. Yeah. The promise of a possible bone only goes so far, right? (laughs) I mean, she just didn't have enough see-through blouses to keep him interested right. after that point like you've seen no. him once you've seen him a hundred times or whatever but and you got to get in line right you got keith who's been waiting for god knows how long right so right. so keith calls kirk to tell him he wanted to convert to mormonism mm-hmm. and that was his end so then he goes to the temple right or wherever wherever kirk they're is. staying sure yeah And use a fake gun to get him into the car. Mm -hmm. That was the story that was told by Kirk, Mm -hmm. I believe. Now, Joyce's story says, KJ went in, saw Kirk, said that Joyce was in the car, and Kirk just threw his keys over to his roommate. He's like, hey, I got to go to the car. I'll be back. And then just never came back. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Which she thought was just funny, and she giggled. And sometimes she acts like the dumbest blonde like what people perceive as the dumbest blonde right she puts that role on really easily mm-hmm. like just a bimbo just bubble-headed yep then you kind of get a little sense that again the self-professed 168 iq comes a shine mm-hmm. through so she is really a bit of a chameleon and does what she needs to do in this moment to get what she wants mm-hmm. so yeah you start to see here that there's going to be a split there's a he said she said kind of situation <laughs> developing here right so yeah so they drive to a cottage in Devon, and kirk was tied up to the bed by his ankle by either a rope or a chain they don't really once his rope once his chain either way it's long enough for him to get to the bathroom mm-hmm. that was mighty wide of her and then i love this it's, it's the columnist peter Torrey. right he mm-hmm. was like and he was spread eagle to the bed i didn't know you could 
verb that, but okay. Yeah, I mean, why not? Yeah. So mm-hmm. then, you know, he, Peter Torrey is telling the story that was told by, I'm sure, Kirk. Mm-hmm. He was chained a spread eagle to the bed, essentially wrists up to the bedpost, ankles to the mm-hmm. bedpost. And then Joyce had sex with him. And she said, supposedly, that she wanted to continue to have sex with him until she got pregnant. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. That seems excessive, but okay. <laughs> what? I mean, is there a time limit? Um, I don't know, but... No. Everything about this seems excessive. I'll grant you that. I've never liked anyone that much in my life. You know, and this all goes back to her thing of, you know, we were engaged. He had promised me children and, mm-hmm. you know, the fairy tale life. And when they hooked back up in England, when she went over there and rescued him from the church, he was a willing uh, participant and he mm-hmm. went to the cottage. And again, there's Keith is there too. He's mm-hmm. down with this like, oh, we got your boyfriend. Cool. See you guys several days later. <laughs> right. Which is so weird. But yeah, she's she's saying that, you know, we spent this time like eating and, you know, having sex and trying to get pregnant and it was wonderful. And I, you know, I tied him up because he was so repressed that this was the only way that we could complete this because I had to cut his Mormon underwear off and, you know, crazy <laughs> shit like this. And the magical you know, underwear went in the fire, man. Went straight in the fire. She gave him a back rub with the cinnamon oil and wouldn't that burn? That just sounds like it would burn. Well, I kind of wondered about that too. I was like, <sighs> then I tried not to think about it too much because it's creepy. Yeah. Of all the aromatherapy oils, I don't think cinnamon is one that I would use on my person. Right. Saying. Right. But yeah, so this is, so she's setting it up as if it's a scene out of a romance novel, right? Like they're reunited. It's magical time for them. They're uninterrupted mm-hmm. until they come up for air a few days later and decide that they need to go. Maybe check in with some people in their lives to make sure, you know, stuff's cool or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's her story. Right. Mm-hmm. His story is somewhat different, right? Though he was kidnapped at gunpoint, forced mm-hmm. to, you know, onto the bed, spread eagled, and basically he was raped by her. So, mm-hmm. and then there's a lot of talk about like, well, is that even possible? And Yes, it is. Yes. So, I mean, like... That's sort of a different issue than what they're talking about here. Yeah. I mean, they kind of dip a toe into that, but it's very much like he was unwilling. This really could mess him up with the Mormon church and blah, 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 Mm -hmm. blah. So there's two very, very different versions of events here. Well, Trey had talked about, I mean, they had talked about there's probably three versions, right? Mm -hmm. He said, there's Kirk's story, fake gun, chloroform, kidnapping, tied up, forced Mm -hmm. to have sex, right? Mm-hmm. there's Joyce's story they're going to get married mm-hmm. have children she rescues him from the Mormon church to have magical weekend and then he goes back and claims rape because of religion he's afraid right. and then he said it's probably more likely something in between mm-hmm. there was probably some consensual aspect to his escape and he mm-hmm. might have been into it at first but at some point probably changed his mind or felt guilty and then wanted mm-hmm. to stop but it didn't stop right that's when it becomes rape I don't care if it's on a man or a woman Oh, I, yeah, I totally yeah. agree. And Troy kind of, I think he did a really good job of kind of portraying the indoctrination of mm-hmm. what the upbringing for a young missionary would be, like kind of the O's that they take and, you know, it's mm-hmm. all about purity and blah, 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 blah. There's a lot of rules involved and that kind of stuff. So he's saying even if it had been consensual up to a point or the whole thing had been consensual, as soon as he comes up for air and realizes 
that there are going to be consequences for what mm-hmm. he's been up to, then that, I mean, amazing guilt's going to kick in and mm-hmm. could really kind of change the whole outlook of what had happened, or at right. least that's what he's going to claim. Right. Yeah. And Trey also talked about how he had done his mission work in Exeter mm-hmm. and that other church members had used Joyce's story with Kurt as like a, <laughs> as like almost a, a folk tale or a horror story. Like this could happen and these evil women could like get right. a hold yeah. of you young, poor Mormon men that won't know any better. I mean, yeah, she's the devil. She's yes. a temptress. I mean, like your eternal soul. Listen, yeah. she burned the magic underwear. What will protect him from Satan now? <laughs> I see me get off hair and that's it. That's it for your life, right? I mean, yeah, he was saying even people that are not active Mormons anymore still wear the chastity underwear. And I'm like, man, that's really something. They are the old timey bathing suit looking things of your dreams. I mean, yep. they cover you from neck to knees. Mm-hmm. There might be a scoop neck. I mean, but that's about it, right? It's not just a pair of underwear that covers your junk. Mm-hmm. It covers the whole bits. You know, I've heard of the mythical magic underwear, but I've never seen mm-hmm. like a flyer for a pair, but they do show you what they look like in this in this documentary. Just learning about kind of the Mormon religion on a very mm-hmm. surface level, right? Sure. It talks about when they get the, the underwear and that they, at a certain age, they give their oath. And he said they do a reenactment of the Garden of Eden with some actor playing Satan who essentially says, yeah, you live up to these tenants, one of which is, you know, chastity until you're married. And if you don't, then mm-hmm. you're coming with me. Satan's going to get you. Right. Yeah. I got you. So a reenactment of the garden of Eden with Satan. Come on now. How effective is that? Really? Apparently very, but I mean, yeah. Yeah. And do you think that's like a yearly thing, a monthly thing? I, I'd be very interested to Someone's know. Someone's got um, a full-time job doing that gig. I just he's reading a lot of Dante. Um, <laughs> right. He's getting to getting a character. <laughs> <laughs> he listens to uh, Sympathy for the Devil all mm-hmm. the time. That's how it works in my head. I guess maybe I don't know if they'd rather have a really good devil actor or a really poor devil actor. I'm not really sure. But I'm guessing uh, it's no Tim Curry in Darkness. I'm just saying. Oh, come on now. But I liked the fact that they're you know when talking about the law of chastity, like. You, you know, not only is it up till you're married, but then once you're married, you know, you're kind of sealed to this person. And if you don't align, like keep those oaths, then you can't be a God and you can't have your own planet Mm -hmm. in the hereafter or whatever their version Mm -hmm. is. But again, here comes these Amazeballs cartoons to explain this to you. Oh, I loved Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. So September 19th, 1977. Joyce thought she was headed to get married because they had Kirk call her and set up a time to meet. Like they were going to run off and get married together. Mm-hmm. But he essentially was setting her up because the police pull her over. And she's like probably in her white dress that she was going to use to get married. She's all excited. Right. And she said she had a dress. She said she had wedding bands and everything. And I'm like, did you have it all? Did you pick it out together? Was it all you? Which I'm assuming it was. Well, I think this story is really weird because it sounds like they went on three dates. She met his mom. Mm-hmm. They hung out for like a week. Then he went to England. So it seems to me like they've known each other a very short Mm -hmm. amount of time. Again, there's no real explanation of some of these parts of the timeline. But I'm like, where the fuck is she coming up with wedding rings that are engraved? And they're very, they're actually a little more many, in my opinion, in the explanation of what the engraving was. And I'm like, great or whatever. But yeah, she brings all this stuff over to England Mm -hmm. with her. And I'm like, 
old lady. She's like extremely obsessed. I mean, needy? yes, but she's extremely yes. obsessed with one thing. It's like she she gets one thing in her head and that's it. That's what she's going to focus yeah. all of her energy on. Hyper focus. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, she hasn't talked to this guy in however long it takes to work three jobs and build up enough money to then hire a PI that finds you in England, pull together an Ocean's Eleven type mm-hmm. scheme and get Ocean's over there. Four, if you will. Yeah. Then he's going to fall back. I mean, I guess if you believe her, they boned it out for a weekend and then maybe he wasn't to it. So, but again, it's just, it seems like such a stretch. Like most people would be like, maybe we need to live together for a couple months first. Yeah. I would think. <laughs> live in sin. Live in sin. Ooh, good times. So they arrest Joyce. She spends three months in prison. Mm-hmm. Oh, she talks about how she went to the library. She sees it. She gets a Bible. There are two blank pages in the back <laughs> of the Bible, which she she's like, I knew God did that. Or the publisher, ma'am, but sure, whatever. Right. So there are two blank pages in the back. She she rips him out, which surely you're going to hell for that. Right. And she writes two letters, one to her parents and one to the press. She rolls them mm-hmm. up, places one in her vagina and one in her bum. And then, when the time is right, she pushes them out, grunts them out. Or grunted she, them out. She said. That's her words. <laughs> I would not come up with something so crass. No. I, I would, but not in this case. And yeah. then she dropped them. I'm assuming she's in the jail. She kind of put them through the bars, the window or something onto the ground. Mm-hmm. She sees some guy walking by and she's kind of mouthing and pointing to him to pick it up. And all I thought was, right. Some pantomime. Please use gloves. Please use gloves, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Don't pick it up with your bare hands. <laughs> I was, we were on the couch watching this and I'm like, so she's like, mail it, mail it. And I'm like, did God also provide a stamped envelope. Mm-hmm. He's got to pay for that. <laughs> well, and how are these addressed? How is this mailed? Like, I have so many questions. And she's just glosses right over that. Like, don't you even worry about those mm-hmm. details. Also, Bible paper is extremely thin. I'm assuming <laughs> she just wadded it up into a ball to stick it inside of her. Because otherwise, it's not going in. And then, also, can you not put both of them in your vag? Like, listen, she's pure. Why the back door? She's, Okay. She wouldn't confuse him. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I'm a horrible person. I realize this. Also, she's pure. <laughs> she can only fit That's one. right. I've forgotten my bad. <laughs> okay. It doesn't make any sense. That's the problem with this statement. It's It doesn't make any sense. Right, and I'm sense. guessing no one picked them up, no one mailed them, or they just got thrown away or blown away because even though she thinks everything went to plan, she's like, right. well, next time I go to the bail hearing and the whole world is there. Well, that could have been just yeah. been because the tabloids were writing about you, right? This is a crazy story. Right. Also, I hope that wasn't a gel pen because then all that would be for naught. <laughs> <laughs> the same thing. The ink's just going to bleed. Pencil won't work. It's not going to stay on there either. Yeah, this is my, here's my, my brain trying to apply logic to a situation that's not called for logic. It doesn't Just, want logic. So I'm going to stop it. Just stop it right there. So December 7th, 1977 is bail hearing. Mm-hmm. Okay. She gets up and she spins a yarn. She's essentially the court jester, in my opinion. She's just up there entertaining. She, everyone is mesmerized by her performance. Even like the reporters were like, yeah. Dude, it was amazing. Right. You know, this is where she kind of comments that 
all those drama lessons really came in hand. And you're like, yeah. so you were acting? Like, it doesn't, she's saying things that don't bolster her story at all. Yeah, she sometimes says a quiet part out loud. Right. <laughs> yeah. At one point she had said, I loved him so much. I would ski down Mount Everest nude with a carnation up my nose for the love of that man. Up the nose isn't where I thought that was going to go, by the way, considering <laughs> previously she had just talked about shoving things in her hoo-ha. Mm-hmm. So they just kind of took off with it, right? This then becomes a huge story in the British Isles. He's like he being Peter. Peter. Mm-hmm. There's kinky sex. There's religion. There's a beauty queen. There's kidnap at gunpoint. There's change. There's spread eagling. Again, it's a verb. And more missionaries. He's like, there was something for everybody in the story. It was amazing. Right. It's almost too good to be true, right? It just sounds made up. It's the perfect tabloid story, honestly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. She also, I mean, once she, I don't know, gives the floor back to whomever is supposed to be running the show at the bail hearing, um, then Kirk gets up and he really doesn't back her up. She claims out of fear, again, for the consequences of breaking his mm-hmm. oaths and whatnot. She does say that he does say he consented to the back rub with the cinnamon oil. So, I mean, like... Well, no, he didn't say that. He asked if she gave him a back rub, and he said yes. Okay. But anyway, so it's sort of corroborating some of the part of her story. But again, as soon as it gets to the juicy bits, he kind of clams up right away, and he's like, no, no, I wasn't willing. And mm-hmm. Well, and she talks about how, you know, as soon as he was asked if he was willing, he looked over at, like the head church person. I don't know what they're called. They're elders. They're all called elders. So I don't know. But she says that he looked over at this big wig and, Mm -hmm. you know, who scowled. So of course, and he's like, Oh no, I wasn't willing. I wasn't willing. I'm like, okay, Mm -hmm. you really are chasing after a man that you are telling me is so dumb. He can't remember his own lines to, to the story (laughs) that he's supposed to be telling. Right. No, she's again, she's saying that to make it look better for her. Right. Right. Did that happen? I seriously fucking doubt it. I just, I, I, it just doesn't make sense to me. You've, you've said this a hundred times to the police, to the tabloids, mm-hmm. to the church, to whomever. You're not going to get there and then just forget what you're supposed to say or need, you know, a little attaboy to get it out. Right. Yeah. On the world stage that you're portraying this. And I like the fact too, that she's like, well, if you, you say a lie enough, you believe it. And I was like, well, you would know. So <laughs> right. good Lord. So they talk about the Daily Express, which is who Peter worked for, and the Daily Mirror were kind of locked in combat over Joyce McKinney stories, right? Going back and forth. Mm -hmm. And then it faded out a bit, kind of calmed down Mm -hmm. until she was released on bail. And she became kind of this celebrity, Mm -hmm. which is crazy when you think about it. She got tons of mail. She was going to like opening shows. She talked about going to like the opening of Saturday Night Fever and mm-hmm. she says Johnny Travolta was there. Johnny, really? Right, they were tight. Her and they Johnny. Were <laughs> Bee Gees, Keith Moon, I didn't know he was still alive at the time but sure, because there were pictures of her with him kissing. Right. Mm-hmm. But there was so much like Peter Torrey himself took her to like a, an opening and they upstaged Joan Collins. Right. At some premiere, right? For the stud, which I've never heard of. And I was like, of course it would be. It wouldn't be like my mom's horrible illness. You know, it wouldn't be like it had to be some kind of a sexually charged kind of thing. But Mm -hmm. yeah, so she's working the circuit, right? She's out on bail, Mm -hmm. enjoying 
I'm that's why I'm gonna say the limelight here. Yeah, well, at least she looked to be in the photos. Yeah, and she looks great. Like I said, she's really a knockout, mm-hmm. but she's not satisfied with that, right? She's mm-hmm. like, we need to get back to the states. Come on, Keith. I think so. Is this getting closer to the actual hearing, right? Ah, so she still mm-hmm. could possibly go to prison for much longer. She's just not on bail. Uh-huh. So they skip bail because I'm assuming he was arrested as well. They don't talk about it, but he had Mm-mm. to have been arrested as well, right? He was part of it. He's the one who had the supposed fake gun and went in and, and grabbed right. Kirk. So they were disguised as deaf mutes, and she had 13 suitcases full of news clippings. Who the fuck even owns 13 suitcases? I have two. I mean, I assume either Keith got them for her or somebody got them for her. She had some connections. Where do you put them when you're not using them? That's so much space. I mean, she had all that, those carnations and bags and bags of mail. I assume it's like one of the scenes in Miracle on 34th Street when they have all the bags of mail and they're like full of marriage proposals and like... Yep. Witty guys that were like, anytime you want to tie me up, you know, here's my address yeah. or whatever. And you're like, barf. Okay. Right. So to pull this off, she got some visas, like fake visas. Well, they were real visas, but she stole the identities of some people that mm-hmm. were deceased. She's like, I figured they wouldn't miss them. And I'm like, okay. Little identity theft and fraud. Sure. Throw that in there. Yeah. Just to get out of the country. Cool. Mm-hmm. Now, I do think she did some very clever things here. So she put mm-hmm. a, like a hello, my name is on her lapel and it was like I'm deaf please enunciate clearly I can read lips mm-hmm. you know kind of a visual symbol so she wouldn't have to speak to people basically like right. kind of a ruse if you will mm-hmm. to blend in with the troop of deaf mutes uh, mm-hmm. leaving for the states through Canada right right mm-hmm. and she wore a wig and she had Peter had his hair Peter Keith, Keith. had his hair dyed and she get my mustache or something. I don't know. They were, they were disguised as a And word. she darkened his skin. So there was blackface going on, which I didn't love. Mm-mm, but she laughed about it. It was funny. Yeah. It's not, it's not mm-hmm. showing you in the best light there, Joyce. No, she doesn't even cringe when she says this. She just giggles. And I'm like, that yep. doesn't make it okay. It's not great. Also, when she talked about having 13 suitcases, how the fuck much would that cost just to, to check 13 suitcases? <laughs> I, I can't get over that. Well, what do you think it says about her that she had to take all that shit with her? narcissistic right yeah so it's not enough that it happened Mm -hmm. but she had to drag all that shit around with her Mm -hmm. but she's the victim it's fine she is absolutely apparently customs was a little curious about 13 bags as well Mm -hmm. and so customs asked her and then she pointed to the sign like listen i'm deaf and Mm -hmm. and the customs agent was like oh i'm sorry we can't get an interpreter this late to which uh, she wrote down on a piece of paper she being joyce I tired. May I go, please? Because if you're deaf, you're completely fucking uneducated, too. You don't have any grasp of grammar. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, your first instinct is to say, well, this is a different time. But really, it's no excuse. And especially because she's talking about this in the the aughts, right? The 20 aughts. And Mm -hmm. listen, no one will remember what you wrote there. So you're saying it right now as a good story, as opposed to just saying, I'm really tired. Can I please go now? That wouldn't have been that hard to right. fall out of your face. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I tired. I tired. And she giggles yeah. again. Good times. Mm-hmm. Anyway. She thinks that she's extremely likable. But I think there's a lot of points in this where you're like, oh, all right, you've missed the mark, right? Yes. It's a good story without all the weird embellishments mm-hmm. and like romanticizing and whatever. You know, you're young, you're 
crazy in love with somebody, you really went to the ends of the earth to make some shit work, it didn't work out in your favor, it doesn't need the rest of this. It doesn't need the gussying up of Mm -mm. the story. But she just can't handle that. It's got to be, in her opinion, what the most favorable light is. And ew, Mm -hmm. just ew. Yes. So Joyce calls the Daily Express to sell her story for 40,000 pounds. Now, just so you know, 40,000 pounds in 1977 would be 129,600 pounds today, which would be $133,420 today. Shit. do the math. So essentially, she sold her story for $130,000. Good for her. Mm-hmm. And by her story, she really means her story. Her story. No one else's, just hers. Mm-hmm. They're set to meet in Atlanta Hotel. Peter Tory gets there, and he sees the two of them, her and Keith, dressed up as Indians, not indigenous Americans, mm-hmm. Indians from India. So again, mm-hmm. with the blackface, he said it was so poorly done. She's just playing a part now. She's just having fun mm-hmm. and, and thinks that she's the world is her stage, as it were. Right. While she does every despicable racist thing as she goes. Right. This is funny to her. She thinks mm-hmm. this is hilarious. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I don't understand why she had to get dressed up for this. Mm. Right? It's not like people are looking for you in the U.S. Right? right? Yeah. But Peter wasn't sure. He's like, I mean, I don't know if we're aiding and abetting, right? So he was kind of like, okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he goes and he gets the story and shit. At the same time, the Daily Mirror wants to dig up some dirt. Right? That's the other gossip rag. Right, yeah. So that's Kent Gavin, who's a photographer. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was interesting that they were like, let's send a photographer? I don't know who else they sent. At least this is the only one that's... On camera. Yeah, going on camera for this. Mm-hmm. So there may have been a, a journalist or a reporter as well. Mm-hmm. But this guy is hilarious, right. in my opinion. I think this was the fucking trip of his life. He had a great time. Right? And he also yeah. was like, I didn't take a single photograph, right? <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> he didn't have to. Yeah. yeah. So they're in L.A. looking for dirt on old Joyce. And oh, did they get it. Yeah, they had to poke around just a little bit. <laughs> I don't think it was very well hidden at all. No. But no, they pulled the right strings, yeah. But they meet Steve Moskowitz. Moskowitz? Yes. And he clearly is in love with Joyce as well. But not so much mm-hmm. so that he's not willing to sell her out. <laughs> so, Well, I mean, he's got her dog, right? And her car. Right. Right. Well, I mean, he could drive around in her car and pick up chicks or whatever, but like being strapped with her dog really says something to me. So she's got Keith, not Keith Moon, by the way. This is no. her... KJ. Yeah, weird, odd... Friend's own friend. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So she's got him on the line, and then she's got Steve on the line as well. So she's got a nice network of dudes. To do her bidding. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, Joyce had called Steve to say, hey, if anyone comes and asks, just don't tell him anything. Burn all the photos. End of story. Right. Steve did not follow those directions. (laughs) He's not good at directions, Steve is. Yeah. No, Steve is not. Mm Mm-hmm. He... He gives them everything. There were, he gives them all the information he has, right? So there were some photos that were relatively clean. They were part of her portfolio and things like that. Mm-hmm. Like some glamour shots, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like she's sitting on a horse, blah, blah, You know, it's mm-hmm. cutesy stuff. Mm-hmm. But then he talks about the ads and shows some of the ads that she had run. And so they go mm-hmm. to this paper that they place these ads. And these were all like sex work ads, right? So she mm-hmm. would do nude pics. She would do oral, she would do massage and bondage, but never sex, right? Mm-hmm. She's got standards. So now we know where she made all that money. 
Right. Right. Did you see the ones where she was like, I'll like blow dry your hair. <laughs> New. For a man. Yeah. Like, what a treat. Well, in the 70s, there was a lot of feathering involved. Oh, was, that's true. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Even for men. Yeah, so they get more than they ever imagined. They have new pictures. They have ads. They have bondage pictures. They have all sorts of mm-hmm. things. The Daily Mirror also has no qualms about running new pictures on their front page in England. So right. they did it for a week. They ran front page <laughs> for a week while the Daily Express ran the story of what she actually said happened, kind of portraying her as this nice, innocent girl, a good Christian and blah, blah, blah. And then right next to it on the newspaper stand is the Daily Mirror with naked pictures and bondage pictures of the same chick. Well, I thought it was really interesting too, because the Daily Express has pictures of her and Keith like in habits, like she's a nun, but that wasn't really ever explained why. I assumed it was just (laughs) one of the many poor disguises. Right. Okay. It was really funny. I did like the fact that Steve, so when she would go on her, I don't know, gigs, if you will, like when she Mm -hmm. would go and meet these guys that had booked her services, Mm -hmm. she would take her dog, Mm -hmm. the sheep dog. So this is a big ass dog. Yeah. And the safety thing that they had rigged up was that the dog's collar was bugged. So Steve, who's desperately in love with her, mm-hmm. is sitting somewhere listening to all this. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's got to be some, there's something going on there, right? Like, that just seemed really right <laughs> to me. You just probably wanted to be the savior at some point in time, and then she would see the light, right? Yeah. So I'm like, I wonder if he kept those tapes. I feel like he did. <laughs> that's in the spank bank. You know what I mean? <laughs> it is weird. And also... Like, Joyce gets really pissed. She's like, you find out who your friends are, blah, blah, blah. And he sold her out. And he was a fake friend. But he didn't really sell her story. He probably could have made a shit ton of money from that. The only thing that he wanted Mm -hmm. was for them, the Daily Mirror, to pay for him to go out to Mm -hmm. England and be in court when she was arraigned, essentially. Right? Right. So he didn't get much for it. Mm -mm. He just wanted to see her again. Right. Well, and one of the other things was, Ken had asked Steve, had you ever slept with Joyce? And he said, no one. No one has slept with Joyce, right? No one has had sex with her. So although when she first said she was a virgin, when she, you know, kidnapped Kirk and went to that weekend Mm -hmm. that she said they were both virgins, and I was really like, sure, Jan. Maybe so. Technically, by Victorian standards, she was a virgin. Yeah, I mean, this is a really weird situation, right? Like, on some hand, I'm like, good for you, lady, like, Hey, you made your money. You, right. Those pictures I mean, were amazing, you know, right? If you look at She looked great. Fucking phenomenal. She should have been proud of it. Now, I understand you're trying to present a specific image, mm-hmm. you know, to try to change people's minds. And this is not feeding into that. She said they were faked. Mm-hmm. She said, and some of them might have been at a certain point. Mm-hmm. She said the reason you can tell they're fake is this chick is flat chested. She was not flat chested. She wasn't... <laughs> Bouncing double D's, <laughs> but she was not flat chested. Well, I like it too because it's sort of taught. I mean, it kind of points to the fact that we as a culture cannot accept the fact that you can have multi facets to your mm-hmm. personality, right? You can't be madly in love with someone and virginal and also have dipped a toe into working as, a, you know, in the sex, sex industry. You mm-hmm. can't be both of these things. Mm-mm. But she was. Because yeah. Kent's like, 
well, we had all this dirt on her and she didn't exactly know what we had. Mm-hmm. But it's just like, I, I guess it's a gotcha moment. But at the same time, it's like, it was just really kind of inter- entertaining to see the dichotomy between these two things, right? So. It is. And again, this is happening in the UK. And she's in the right. US. She has no intention mm-hmm. to go back and oh, face trial. No. So she's calling and she's getting really pissed off. She's saying they ruined her life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she's hysterical about it, like to the point where she wants to jump off the balcony and kill herself mm-hmm. and all this stuff. And she runs out of the hotel. Well, she bites her father on the arm. That was weird. Right. And then, you know, she flees into the night in a nightgown. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then cut to 20 years later. <laughs> it really was like 10 years later. So weird. But it, it was, I, I just, why are you so hysterical about an image in another country? In this day and age, that would be worldwide, right? Everyone yeah. would know. But back then there was no internet. People here wouldn't have known anything about it. You know? I don't know. I don't know. It's, I don't know. She's a very interesting character. I will give her that. I think she just thinks that people care a lot more than they do. And them caring mm-hmm. so much in the UK did not help that mentality, right? Yeah. So yeah, we do cut to 1984 then, right? After she flees mm-hmm. into the night, all of a sudden it's 1984. She sees Kirk at the airport. She said she just happened to be there, but she doesn't mm-hmm. say where she was traveling to or from. Right. And she, I don't know, apparently his wife got freaked out that Joyce was there. I don't blame her. Mm-hmm. And she was arrested for stalking well, there's a lot going on in this story, too. So she sees the wife, right? This is Joyce's yes. version of the story that the wife yes. is a larger lady. And again, here we go with this whole, well, she wasn't attractive. And, you know, I could have given him babies, too. But you're like, all right, gross or whatever. Like, this woman isn't on camera at all. So I didn't like the way she Mm-mm. went right for the looks, right? But that's all any woman has to offer, apparently, because mm-hmm. she's like, I was so much sure prettier. There sure. was no competition. It doesn't matter about competition. You already lost. This woman is married to him mm-hmm. and has children by him. You lost. Well, then she also kind of talks through through the documentary about she would never slander Kirk. She would never say anything that was unfair or untrue about him or, I don't know, just kind of paint him in a poor light. But in this case, she's more than happy to talk about his career. And so I'm like, well, that doesn't line up either. So, but again, it's just, it's just to disparage him, but she doesn't want to call it that. It's, well, I'm just embarrassed for him and blah. And it's like, lady, so much. Then she gets arrested. So Mm -hmm. then we skip to 1986 where she's taking these weird, what the fuck is up with the videos with the dogs? Do you think this is what the son of Sam did? It's like. (laughs) There are dogs barking for no reason, and I'm going mm-hmm. crazy. And he killed people. She just took videos of it. Well, I like the fact that she's like, my dad's trying to take a nap. While she's in there talking. Yeah. <laughs> with the window open. And I'm like, hey, shut the fucking window. But then she's like, yeah, taking these like kind of panty views of her backyard and then mm-hmm. like into the neighbor's yard where there's a dog on a table or whatever. And I, you know, a barking dog probably does get real old. Oh, it does. We have some in our neighborhood. But she's like, there's nothing in this yard. And I'm like, except for you. You are currently in the yard. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like, and the dog's on the table wagging its tail. It looks like an adorable tongue out. Like yeah. a hound dog, you know. But I'm like, this is the what the hill you're going to die on here. Like, this is the moment. There was no context for this. Right. It was just some random. She's like, I'm trying to write my book. And these dogs, could you write on this computer? It was a really old computer. Oh, too. yeah. And it was, it just, 
made no sense why that was even there. Yeah. So she's talking about she still lives with her folks or her folks potentially live with her, mm-hmm. I guess. I don't know. But her dad was obviously there. They're staged taking a nap on top of the covers. Like it was very like I don't even know if there were sheets in the bed. It was real weird. Right. Yeah. She's talking about the paparazzi or just randos coming up to her property. She can barely get outside to feed the horses. Well, she's agoraphobic. Yes. But then she talks about going outside to feed the horses. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't, I'm not sure which one it is, ma'am. Yeah. So she ends up having to get a big ass guard dog. Tough guy. Yeah. Mastiff size. So a dog that's in the 150 pound range mm-hmm. who had to get a prescription for prednisone, which is a thing. Dogs get that, right? Right. But her celebrity is such that she's earned the ire of the people who are filling the prescriptions at the local pharmacy. Mm-hmm. And they, on purpose, add the dosage wrong. So she gives her dog the pills and he freaks out and attacks her. Right. Now, I'll say a couple things about this. Mm-hmm. One, I don't think you're that popular or unpopular that someone's going to kill your dog over it. That's a horrible fucking thing. Right. To insinuate. It could have been a genuine accident. Mm-hmm. I did look it up and prednisone can increase your blood pressure because she said his blood vessels in his brain exploded. Yep. Yep. And and that is one of the side effects. It can increase their blood pressure. And I'm guessing that could be a side effect that mm-hmm. that happens. And he went crazy and attacked her. Mm-hmm. And she described what happened. It sounded fucking horrible. It really did. I mean, and she shows you some scars and, you know, I guess. But then she also talks later about, well, he, you know, got her intestines through her stomach wall. And I'm like, so close, but that's not a thing. You know what I mean? Then she's talking right. about walking. I assume after this happens, and then she's got another dog, a sweet little stray. Pity that she's picked up Booger. along the way. Yeah, Booger. Mm-hmm. And he actually came in and saved her from the bigger, vicious, over-medicated dog, right? So they evidently fought to the death, and Booger mm-hmm. wins. Go, Booger! Right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back just a little bit. Please. And I said that, yes, that the blood vessels might be able, might actually explode, but... Mm-hmm. If you have that happen, essentially, that's like an aneurysm, right? Yeah. So wouldn't you just get an extreme headache and die? You would die pretty quickly if that happened. You wouldn't just go crazy, right? Yeah. Again, some problems with the accuracy of these stories, right? Mm -hmm. So while she may have gotten it correct that an overdose of prednisone could lead to capillaries bursting in a brain of an animal, Mm -hmm. you know, our beef then comes in with the, the attack portion. Well, and maybe he did attack her, and right. maybe there was prednisone, but correlation doesn't equal causation either, right? It just, yeah, something yeah. doesn't quite line up. Uh, clearly, she was injured severely, and I'm very sorry for that. And I'm glad that she's not afraid of dogs because of it. Yeah, that I probably sucks. would be. Mm-hmm. But thank God for Booger. So mm-hmm. Booger, like she said, was a stray, and he saved her. Mm-hmm. He became a licensed service dog. He could get dial 911 with his little baby paws. He could fetch items like towels and sodas. Mm -hmm. And as we're learning all this, John looks at my dogs and says, what the fuck's wrong with your dogs? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) There's much fodder here to be like, and did you look for a job today? Because mine certainly did not. Mm -mm. I will give you that he can get a towel. I will give you that he can open the door to the fridge and fetch said sodas. Mm -hmm. I have a problem with being able to dial a phone. Mm -hmm. Like... And granted, it could be jitterbug style where it is a large button phone. <laughs> yes. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, mm-hmm. I will buy 
a lot of these statements mm-hmm. because I know service dogs do amazing things. He could use his little delicate nail. <laughs> That's what he's doing. But I'm like, it just seems at this point you're well established that she is not afraid of a nice embellishment where it suits her. And I'm mm-hmm. like, he's dialing on the phone. Was he driving mm-hmm. you to appointments? He was probably ordering food. I mean, yeah. Could he speak? We don't know. Mm-hmm. So obviously the best dog that's ever lived. Until he died of cancer. Until yeah. he died of cancer. Uh-huh. But then she hears of cloning. Mm-hmm. Ooh, the magical world of cloning. <laughs> yeah. So then we meet Jin Hang Hong, who's PhD, mm-hmm. managing director of RNL Bio Company LTD. Mm-hmm. This gentleman, I'm just going to make a guess and say he's Korean because this lab is in South Korea. Right. And he was speaking in his native tongue and they were putting translations up. Right. Yep. Subtitles. I Mm -hmm. loved listening to him. Like the cadence of his voice was just to me so Mm -hmm. very soothing. And I was like, I could listen to this all Mm -hmm. day. I liked the fact that he was really excited about this. Right. So he's Mm -hmm. not a stodgy doctor. He is a very, I mean, his face was, he was smiling and just explaining Mm -hmm. this in such a way that it was very accessible. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. And I really liked that about him. So he seems like a really cool person, but he was just all smiles and was really excited about what he was talking about. So I thought that was neat. Mm -hmm. He was adorable. Yeah. So she gets a hold of uh, Dr. Hong and he says, yes, they can clone now, she does an imitation of his accent that is reminiscent of Mickey Rooney in Breakfast at Tiffany's. Right. It's just horrible. Oh, just stop it, Joyce. <laughs> Fucking stop it. Yes. This lovely gentleman. It's not cute. It's not endearing. No, it's just it's not racist. not funny. <laughs> yes. It's just racist. So they take spirit booger, as she calls it. That's actually cute. Mm-hmm. So cells of booger, they call spirit booger, they take him to South Korea and they clone him. Mm-hmm. And they get five mini boogers. That's my mm-hmm. favorite part of this whole fucking movie or this whole documentary is they have five mini boogers and they're so fucking cute. <laughs> they are adorable. <laughs> and I want a mini booger, right? She paid 150 grand for that. Yeah. And again, one, one wonders, where does that money come from? Because. Right. That's what I was thinking too. What the fuck? I mean, it's possible she's invested incredibly well with her giant, giant IQ. And she appears to be living with her parents. So. They don't really discuss where this money comes from. It's just sort of left up to interpretation. So that's what I'm doing. Right. But yeah, it's what a bizarre story. And then she starts talking about when the puppies are some months old, they start doing things that Booger used to do. And these are mm-hmm. not like he'd hold his head like Booger did, or he liked to be scratched behind the ears in such a way. It was he opened the mini bar, you know, and got he, a drink for me. Yeah, right. It's. Those are training things, not... Yes. That's not a inherent instinct a cl- for... clonable skill, man. Yes. So that part I was like, no, he didn't. Jesus Christ, Joyce, just shut your mouth. I know. Right. Also, they showed a picture of her later walking one of the books, and uh, it was pulling pretty hard. It wasn't a gentle walk. <laughs> and I was like, you need to do some training with that dog. Yes. But, you know, she doesn't want fame. She's not interested in fame, Erin. She just she just wants uh-huh. to meld into the background. That's why she did this cloning thing and used her middle name and her last name, mm-hmm. not her first name and her last name, because she didn't want to be recognized. No one would ever know. Yeah. 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 So. But guess what? They did recognize. Yeah. People are perceptive. I don't know if you figured that out. <laughs> People can tell from a picture who you are. Right. Yeah. Craziness. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say that's probably my least favorite Joyce look. 
was the straight-haired Joyce of the booger cloning days. Yeah, that wasn't a good... She, her face was a little bit puffy and swollen. Her eyes looked really... Yeah, it was not yeah. attractive. Yeah, it wasn't her best Sorry, moment. Joyce. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, she wasn't happy about that. She, mm-hmm. she teared up a little bit or some shit like that. Yeah. So, Joyce discusses how she chose to be celibate after Kirk. She's never remarried because she still loves Kirk and she couldn't imagine having a half love with anybody else. Mm-hmm. And... That's it. That's that's what she chose to do. Mm-hmm. She is trying to write her book, but someone broke into her truck and stole almost all the documents about what happened. Peter Tory, I love him so much. He said, she's not an evil person. She's just a bit crazy, eccentric, self-obsessed, self-involved, mm-hmm. and manipulative. Barking mad, probably. <laughs> Barking yes. mad. What a great phrase. Just don't hold back, sir. I like how he's not le- She's not evil. She's just every fucking thing else. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. She's an odd bird. Mm. But I love the, the choice she's chosen to be a martyr for love. Yes. What a noble calling. Wouldn't be that nobody would have her or she's not really bringing anything to the table as far she's as... Not. Mm-mm. It ends with her the same way it started. So it started with her reading the beginning of her fairy tale and it ends with mm-hmm. her reading the end of her fairy tale. And in this book that never got published, that she's still working on, she compares herself to Narcissus and how he died alone. But I don't think she understands the myth of Narcissus because he died alone because he fell in love with his own Himself? reflection in, yes. in a pool of water <laughs> and then never left and he died. So I guess in the end, that actually is a really good comparison, mm-hmm. which is probably not the one she was trying to make. Agreed. Yeah, old Joyce. I don't know. Mm-mm. So they close with saying she's still working on her book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Again, it looked like it was done when she was reading from it, but right. Scotland Yard never pursued her extradition. Mm-hmm. Probably just not worth the money. She lives with her five booger clones. She has booger Han, booger Ra, booger Mac. Booger Park and Booger Lee. I fucking love those goddamn dogs. Right? KJ died in 2004 of kidney failure. Probably never got laid by Joyce. Not even a sympathy bone. Right. Steve Moskovitz could not be located. And Kirk Anderson lives in Utah, but he refused to be interviewed. Good for you, Kirk. Right. I mean, just like sashay his way out of this whole thing. Yeah, he's like, just that was an one small tiny period of my life and I'm done I moved on right right yeah I'm like Joyce who never ever 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 moved on right ever like she thinks that's incredibly romantic I think it's very very sad I agree I think it absolutely is sad she had mm-hmm. so much potential to do so many things in her life and she chose not to do any of it and she like you said she martyred herself it just mm-mm. well I mean a woman with that level of intelligence self-reported nonetheless mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's just like I hate that we portray or have perpetrated throughout whatever that you're only worth something as a woman if you are a mom and a wife. Like, you can have a wonderful life and not be attached mm-hmm. to anybody. Yeah. So. Absolutely. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. So, I don't know. She should have just gone back to L.A., continued the work in the sex industry. Yeah. And made it rich and retired. Yeah. She could have been... uh the dominatrix of your dreams. I mean, what would have been wrong with that? Like what an amazing life. Anyway, just, I think it's just a giant bummer that she decided to kind of not evolve from this point. So 
Yeah, that's the mm-hmm. perfect way to say it. She is stuck in this one moment. This defined her life. Right. At 19 years old, something when you were 19 or early 20s defined your entire life. And how sad is that? Yeah, I don't know. So I'm really glad to have seen this documentary. I thought it was very interesting. I love a story that I don't know, right? I love characters and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, just it left me with a very hollow feeling for Joyce. (laughs) It did. I I love the story. I think it was Mm -hmm. very well done. It was told Uh well. I like that they gave her a platform to tell her story. I did not Mm -hmm. like about 50% of the things that fell out of her mouth. Yes. But at least Mm -hmm. it let us know who she is. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I can tell that you're racist and, (laughs) you know, whatever else. Horrible things. Sexist. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, definitely worth a watch. Yeah. I hope Kirk went on to live a lovely life despite what happened there. Right, right. I mean, I, I think maybe he, in my mind's eye, he was like, okay, so choices matter. You know, if I've decided to align more with my faith, wonderful. Yep. I vote that we move on to next week's topic because I feel like that's much more empowering for women. Indeed. What are we doing next week? We're going to discuss naughty books next week. This is a Hulu pick running about an hour and 22 minutes. And it's about ladies writing some romance novels. More specifically, erotica. Yes. Yes. Right. (laughs) It's not... Not just fluffy romance novels, bodice rippers, if you will. Ooh, that's what I'm talking about. These are ladies taken on the system. I'm excited about it. I think it'll be good. Me too, for a couple reasons. Um, one, because it, it sounds like a great, yes, empowering kind of mm-hmm. women documentary. But two, I love me a good erotica. I love me a good bodice ripper. Maybe I'll get some ideas of the next book to read. I don't know. Right. It should be powerful. Yeah. yeah. It should be fun. So please rate, review, and subscribe. Um, You're welcome to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at GoDocYourself. Always looking for comments and questions to join in the discussion. And uh, yeah, we'd love to get to more people and ears. So that would be lovely. We'd appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for joining us today. I hope you guys had a lot of fun listening. We had a lot of fun doing it. We will talk to you next week. Later, everyone.